0: What's <whistles>
1: I know that people truly don't understand, like, how does fundraising even work? Like, like, what are you doing to get people to give money?
0: I'm Carol Vassar, hoping to answer those questions and more on this edition of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Joining me to help with this is the man whose voice you just heard, Clint Travis. Since June 2021, Clint has served as Nemours' Assistant Vice President of Major and Planned Giving. He comes to Nemours with a ton of philanthropic knowledge and experience at storied institutions including Nationwide Children's Hospital and the University of Georgia. He's a lawyer by training, but philanthropy has proven to be his true professional passion. Here's Clint Travis.
1: I I went to law school. I practiced uh, for a little while. I did not enjoy it. You know, there's something about billing every six minutes of your waking life (laughs) that, that was just not for me. I met Jim Deegan, who is the head of our fundraising here at Nemours, at the time was in that same role at Nationwide Children's Hospital. And he told me, he said, hey, you've got a law degree, a sales background. You should do what I do. And I said, what do you do? And we talked a little bit about philanthropy and and he mentioned a term planned giving, which I had never heard before, uh, which was basically, you know, kind of complex gifts, estate planning, that sort of thing. You know, a lot of times when we're thinking about giving, we're thinking of uh, small gifts and even with large gifts, writing a check or something. Right. But there are lots of ways that people give, especially with large gifts. I met with him. I met with some of the members of the team at Nationwide Children's. And I went home and I said to my wife, I don't know if I'm going to get this job, but if I don't, I'm going to go do this somewhere else. It just, it it opened up my eyes to, to something that I was not familiar with. And I just knew immediately, this is for me.
0: Did you know why? What was it that kind of opened your eyes at that point?
1: So it was the it was the things that I liked about law school. you know it was the it was the thought process, the strategy, solving a problem. but with with the things that I didn't like about it, you know, you you often don't get to decide, for example, which side you're representing, right? you You give their best representation you can to whoever has hired you. Uh, in this situation, you choose to work for an organization and then you're helping them solve problems within that organization. So it's easy to, you know, at a children's hospital, especially right to to get behind that cause, to feel good about what you're doing. Other people are excited about it even people who say no to me, right I call a lot of people I meet with a lot of people, not everybody's going to give. People are rarely annoyed that I've reached out. They're happy that we're, that we exist that we're in the community and things like that. It's the things that I liked along with kind of fixing the things that I didn't like. It, it, it's a cause that I feel good about. it's something that's interesting to me, it's exciting and and honestly it, it's just never boring. you know you're dealing with people all the time and and, and their differences and personalities and stuff and it's just it's always something new.
0: And it's a very relational line of work. It's all about relationships. Talk about that.
1: Oh, sure. Look, I think people give to what they know, right? If you think about what you give to personally, it's often where you attend religiously, where you attended uh, school, uh, where your kids go to school. There's some connection, right? Right. And so, especially for something like a children's hospital, obviously we get gifts from families, but also we get gifts from the greater community. And so we have to know those, those people have to hear our story in some way. And uh, so having someone that you trust, introduce you to someone saying, Hey, you know who you need to talk to? This is something you'd be really interested in. That, that makes all the difference in, in this line of work. I'll say, so I grew up poor. And and even if you didn't, probably for a lot of people, the idea of giving away money is probably a little bit strange for a lot of people at first. And and so I remember early on in uh, my philanthropy career, I met this guy and he and his wife had both been teachers. They wanted to do something for kids. And then she had passed away unexpectedly. And he wanted to honor her memory. He, he was already decided he was going to give a million dollars when he died in his estate plan. So he reached out to let us know that. And he said, hey, I just want you to know why I'm doing this. And when the money comes, I'd like you know a plaque on the wall honoring my wife because she loved this organization so much. Well, we started talking and I got to know him a little bit and such an interesting guy and he had, you know, one of his stories was how they had vacationed in the same spot all the time and a place had come available and they decided to buy it. They didn't have a lot of money, but they'd gone all in. They were like, you know, we're we're there anyway. We might as well buy it. Maybe we'll rent it out or something. Anyway, they they got lucky in several different things and ended up getting this amazing uh, little vacation home on an Island. And, As time went on, that place became more and more valuable as real estate often does. And so when we started talking and and he told me the story about this property, he wasn't telling me as like, Hey, this could be a gift. He was saying, Hey, this is something interesting that happened in my life. But all of a sudden I started talking to him about, you know, what his current needs were and his situation. And I said, did you know that you could give us a future interest in that property and it's, it's irrevocable, so you can't change your mind after the fact. We own that future interest, but it's yours until the day you die. You live there, you rent it out, you let the kids go stay there. Whatever you want to do It doesn't affect anything about your current use. And because it's an actual future interest that we're taking, you get a current tax deduction. He's not losing anything, right? He's getting a tax deduction that he could have used that year and in the following couple of years because he was able to spread it out while also locking in a gift to us, which of course we're thrilled about, right? People say they want to do something and you never know what's going to happen in the future. So it's the definition of a win-win. We're locking in this gift. He's locking in this gift. He wants to honor his wife in this way this he was so grateful you would think that i was giving him money he was so appreciative and it was so interesting to me i thought well wow, i can't believe how grateful this guy is to be giving us money and it just sort of changed the way like i said this was you know this was early on in my career it was a real you know eye opening experience for me where i realized people people aren't feeling forced to do this People want to do this. And if we're able to help them do it, you know, in this way, you know, an efficient way where he was excited about it, he got a deduction currently, you know, it's just a, a lot of things kind of worked out. To me, that's a best case scenario, right? And, and it was interesting to me because, you know, I, if my sister calls me up and, and I, and I got to give 20 bucks to, you know, donuts for my niece's swim team or whatever, I'll, I'll do it, right? The swim team is not my passion. When people are passionate about something, that's a different way of giving. And when they're excited about it and you can help them achieve their goals and accomplish, you know, leaving a legacy in this case for, for his wife and for, and for him as well, That that's such a huge thing for people. And I think that for me is kind of what this is all, you know, talking about relationships and all that, that that's what this is all about. It's helping people fulfill their need to give back, to establish their legacy in a way that supports our mission and, and everyone leaves feeling very, very happy.
0: And I, I think it's important to point out that the teachers, you know, they save their money their entire life. They are not super rich. They are doing this out of the goodness of their heart, and it's to them a lifetime of savings to us. It could be a lifetime of research, and it could be life saving. So, talk about the fact that you don't have to be Bill Gates to be doing this. <laughs> no, that's a
1: like I said. You know, this particular situation with, with with this donor. You know, like I said, they had they had gone all in on this uh, on this property for a va- for a vacation home, and it had just increased so much in value. They were not wealthy. Neither of them came from money that's not that unusual. Even, in fact, a lot of our big donors are people who have become wealthy but didn't start out wealthy. And, you know, over a lifetime of saving, maybe owning a business, whatever it is, they realize that they have the ability to give back.
0: Talk about the role of philanthropy overall at Namours and in your previous positions. Philanthropy really does play an important role. Talk about that.
1: I think that there are maybe a couple of different types of philanthropists. Some people say, I want to give money somewhere where I'm literally keeping the lights on. This place won't exist without me. And then other people don't want to do that, right? Because they're like, yeah, but what if I decide not to give next year and then you know, what, what has my money accomplished if this place doesn't exist anymore? And so there's this sort of different thing. What do you want to give? And and that's, that's everything that we do, to be honest, in, in fundraising in general, I'm trying to figure out what your interests are and if they match with our needs and, and is there a way that we can work together? So for someone who says, I want to give somewhere where I'm making a difference. That can mean a lot of things. And, and, and so you're exactly right. There can be that hesitation where people say, hey, you guys have this you know, really nice endowment. I don't think you need my money. And, and that is, is just an education piece. Some people aren't going to give it all, and that's fine. But I think a lot of people would give if they thought they could make a difference. And so it's having that conversation and educating people and saying, look, we have great needs. We do get uh, reimbursed, but often uh, a lot of the children that we see are either they're not high reimbursements or sometimes we don't get reimbursed at all. We give away a lot of charity uh, care. But even, you know, I, I was thinking at, at the last place that I was, one of the things that that they told me when we were doing a tour one time at the emergency department, they said, you know, we cut kids pajamas off sometimes when they come in. You know, it's an emergency. You know, we're moving quick, whatever it is. Then the kids don't have pajamas. We don't have a budget for pajamas, and so people could give a small amount, and that would make a huge difference. So so you've got this big, you know, emergency department, and and they're funded right with the medicines and things that they need, but everything is budgeted for, and so you say, well you know, is my money going to make a difference? Well, it sure is to that family who had pajamas to put on their kids at the end of their procedure. You know, and it's little things like that where you just start to understand how the organization works, where the money gets spent, how it gets spent. And if you just want to maintain, we're probably in a good position to maintain. But if you want to increase any area that we're doing, again, you know, especially if it's something the donor's passionate about and you say, gosh, why aren't you guys doing research in this area? We'd do research in that area if we had the funding for it. Well, that's something I'd be willing to give money to. Great. Now all of a sudden we're we're doing something totally different than we were before. I understand. You know, everywhere I've worked has had some type of an endowment, and there are always those people who say, "Oh, don't you guys already have money?" But when you really start to understand how the money works and what you do, how that can be, impact what we're doing, it it changes the way people think about it.
0: You've mentioned a couple of times the Nemours story, and you've been here since June. From your perspective right now, being an associate since June, what is the Nemours story?
1: Look, and and this to me is of particular interest because of what I do. So I'm going to answer your question after I make a statement. (laughs) Uh, I, I am responsible for the giving of major gifts and planned gifts, right? We have traditionally in our fundraising not focused at all on planned gifts. Not that we never did anything, but it just it has not been an enterprise wide focus. In fact, if somebody had said, hey, you're in my estate plan for a million dollars, we would have said, oh, that's that's great. Thank you for telling us. We wouldn't have counted it. We would have just said thank you for whatever reason that just had not been a focus for a long time here. Think about how how interesting that is when you think of how the organization began, right? So you've got A.I. DuPont back in the mid-1930s. You know, he dies in 1936 once they probate the estate, get things settled. What, what do they do with the money, right? They, they create this a significant fund. They build these healthcare organizations specifically for children. Now, now, that has evolved and grown, of course, over the decades as the needs of children have changed. But the way it began was a single person saying, when I die, I'm going to have this impact on children's health. So fast forward to to now, and we are having that conversation now. We're saying, hey, you can be a part of the same type of forward thinking that started all of this. And so, to me, that's a very exciting thing. So, in fact, in January, we're going to roll out a new name for our society of people who tell us that, that we're in their estate plan. It's going to be called the 1936 Society because that's the year that we initiated that uh, first gift from uh, Mr. Dupont. Think about that connection, right? Like you're you're probably not giving to that level, you know, the average person, of course, but you're doing something that's very much in line with. With that exact same type of thinking. And to me, that's very exciting. And to me, the, the more story is very much that. It's how one person can make a dramatic difference in people's lives. Now, this was one very wealthy person. He wasn't the physician himself. But to me, that really is the story of what we're doing, right? Whatever your strength is, maybe you don't have $40 million, which in today's money, by the way, would be like $750 million. You know, it's a huge, huge gift. Uh, most of us don't have that kind of money. But you know, is there a role that you're playing in the organization where you can have that kind of impact down the road, right? And and it might be, you know, from IT, keeping us safe from phishing or putting in practices that make our work more efficient to the actual physicians themselves, right? Like like there are so many facets to what we do that I I think sometimes we forget as a big organization that just one person can literally change the world.
0: (laughs) Talk a little bit about what associates can do in terms of philanthropy. Is there anything I can do when I'm working with patients, or when somebody who's listening is working with patients and developing that relationship and referring them over to you? How does that work?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll know you know general things about what we're doing at Nemours, right? But we're a big organization, and. I am involved in the day-to-day fundraising, not the day-to-day care of children. And, and I, of course, hope that what I'm doing translates over there. But the reality is, is that if you're working directly with patients, you're already having a huge impact in their lives. And so we, we just started this program. We're, we're literally in the middle of, of developing it, rolling it out. I'm, I'm expecting in, in the coming weeks and months, this will be something we'll be talking about a lot. It's called Grateful Patient Fundraising. And uh, Maggie Hightower, who is on my team, she's great. She's been around for, for a while. And she is heading this up. It, it, it It's so simple. When you think about it, it makes so much sense. But I think you can also understand why people are sometimes a little bit hesitant. I, I think oftentimes if you're a physician or a nurse and you're working with these families and they say, thank you so much. We are so grateful for everything that you folks have done. I think there's a sort of natural reaction to say like, hey, just doing my job. You know, we're 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 glad to be here, right? And that is 100% accurate, but it's sometimes only part of the story. And I think even physicians sometimes don't fully appreciate that oftentimes, you know, like I was just talking about with those extra dollars that can come in for research and things like that, those are coming from these types of families, right? So a, a wealthy family comes in, their child has some rare disease, They had never heard of it. They never thought about it. All of a sudden, this is all they're thinking about. Now they're saying, what can we do to make sure other families don't have to go through this? And so if they're seen by a physician, they say, hey, we really appreciate what you have done here. What can we do? And they say, nothing. We're just doing our jobs. You know, you've lost what could be a further conversation. You know, if they said, look, if you have interest in being further involved, happy to connect you with you know Clint Travis or Maggie Hightower or you know, whoever that you know that physician knows in the institution in the fundraising area. And and maybe they just want to host a dinner or something and, and have some of their other friends come by and hear about the great work we're doing. There are a lot of ways that people can give back, but often we really need that kind of extra push from the caretakers who get to know these Patient families. I think sometimes they're a little hesitant. They say, ah, fundraising is not really my area. But when you realize how much of an impact it has on the care that you're giving and how much it can impact your area specifically, and I think also maybe more importantly, these families want to do this, right? We're, We're not asking people to do things that they're not interested in doing. We're finding out what people's interests are and, and combining them with our needs. So, if someone has raised their hand and said, "Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to do something to, to to show you how grateful we are," let's have that conversation and and see what that might look like. It's not even always about money, right? Sometimes uh, just a, another introduction, or, or or as I mentioned a minute ago, hosting a dinner, or you know, something like that. These are you know real examples of things that are happening right now that can be a huge impact for for what we're doing. And you know, I, I think that. I'm on the fundraising side, but I you know I want no to succeed, right? And, and, and so you know, if we all work together in this, we have such a great story to tell that I, I just think that this increased focus that we've had, especially in the last few years, I, I just think that, that we're just going to keep seeing our stock rise and rise and rise. It, it, we, it just it's such a great place. great people, a great story. And, and I think that sometimes we've been a little hesitant, to share that, you know, we, we've kind of said, ah, we're just doing our job. And I think Larry Moss has a, a vision where he says, hey, I think we can be doing more. And in order to do more, we've got to have that community support.
0: You mentioned Maggie Hightower, who's been on the show before. Talk about the team that you work with. <laughs>
1: I, I look around at the, at the folks that are around me and I think, like, do I belong here? This is the most brilliant group of people. You've got to be somebody who's willing to have a conversation, who's willing to strike up a conversation with a stranger, who's a good listener, you know all these things that that make a good friend and, and build good relationships. That is the team that we have on the fundraising side for sure. I, I think what we were missing before wasn't good people. We already had good people. I think we didn't have enough of them, quite frankly. And so we've seen the team grow from, you know, here in Jacksonville, for example, and the folks here weren't necessarily involved with, say, an event in Orlando or or in Delaware all of a sudden you've got this increased focus on what we're doing as a team. So we've got someone who's over the stewardship portion of, of taking care of those who are already donors. We've got folks who are working specifically on events in all of our areas. We've got folks who are working on corporate alliance, You know, where we, you go into a store and they do a fundraising campaign. Dailies is a great example. They just did a, an in-store campaign for us. Everybody that comes through and Buys a sandwich or a bottle of water or whatever it might be. I get asked, Do you want to make a donation to Nemours? And they've donated a significant amount of money to us through their own giving in and through those in store campaigns. Again, One person just can't do it. Two or three people can't do all of this. And so it's just putting the structure in place and having enough people, quite honestly, to be able to hit all of these areas where we're going to be seeing fundraising. And I think we're already seeing, again, it's been a short period of time, but dramatically moving up in that direction where we're having conversations with these big corporations and local companies. And it's very exciting.
0: Clint Travis is Nemours' Assistant Vice President for Major and Planned Giving. He is based in Jacksonville, Florida. All of Nemours' philanthropic efforts are aimed at building and nurturing relationships with people and organizations who want to advance the Nemours mission. And as you heard, associates play a pivotal role in that effort. If you know a patient or a patient family who'd like to give back, in some way, shape, or form, no matter the size— or you yourself would like to do the same, contact Clint Travis at Clinton.Travis at Nemours.org. That's Clinton, C-L-I-N-T-O-N dot Travis, T-R-A-V-I-S at and he will put you in contact with the best person in his department to make it happen. The Namores Champions for Children podcast is all about associates just like you. Our schedule for October and November tapings is now open, and your Nemours story is something we want to hear and share with your fellow associates. Send your story to podcast at nemours.org. That's podcast at nemours.org. We record remotely and at your convenience, individually or in groups, and we're looking forward to hearing from you soon. The Champions for Children podcast is found on Net and the Nemours Now app and anywhere you find your other favorite podcasts. Many thanks to Peter Adebi and Deborah Griffin for their production support this week. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turners Falls, Massachusetts. On behalf of Clint Travis, I'm Carol Vassar, and we thank you for listening to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Until next time, please stay safe. Stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children and families we serve.